Loser draw. Well, today we are going to talk through our Thistle Euros Group C. If you tuned into our last episode and voted in our poll, thank you very much. Stephen O'Donnell ran out as a group one of Group B with Freddie Franz as the runner up. Today we've got four more exotic ex Thistle players to talk about, and joining me to do so are David Forrest. David, how are you? Hello, it's great. Um, I've made a solemn vow to just live the nine days that we're actually in the tournament to the fullest. So I am clearly doing it, spent spending it, doing a podcast with you. So clearly living it up. But um, yeah, doing well. And Mark Wallace is also here. Mark, how are you? I am fantastic, Matthew. Fantastic. Good stuff. I don't know if this is going to come out before we play England, but I'm, I'll just ask you quickly for your thoughts on the. The Czech Republic game the other day. What did you both think? Oh, I um, I made the decision to go watch it with my granddad. So I watched Euro Night Six, and Eight, and I thought I'll go, I'll go watch it with him. And it was nice, comforting, warmth of being someone who's really fucking cynical about Scotland and has seen this in so many tournaments. And you know, it would be terrible. The game was, the game was. I mean, I think Clark maybe he, he's kind of had two choices, and he's kind of went in the middle with it. I don't know. Like, I thought we were, I thought we were okay. I thought Robertson played very, very well. Um, and the the second goal, I, I just burst out laughing when it happened. Um, it was incredibly funny, and it's an incredible goal. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things. You're kind of rooting for a Czech Republic to do the clean sweep and get all nine points now, aren't you? Absolutely. I think we'll all be on the Czech side before we kick off at Wembley on Friday. Mark, what about you? Yeah, I thought we were. We, I think it was quite easy to be carried away in the emotions of how disappointed we were at losing that game. But I thought the injury to Kieran Tierney was a bigger blow than maybe we anticipated it being. You could see how it impacted uh, Stephen O'Donnell in particular because obviously they're going to shut down our left-hand side and try to stop Andy Robertson. And if you're going to do that, then you need, the pressure then comes on O'Donnell to deliver, and O'Donnell just seemed a bit spooked by it all. And like I saw when he was, like see when they were doing Flower of Scotland, like he was in, he was like properly, properly emotional, and I was like, that's not a good sign. It was like you can tell, like it was like he was trying far too hard to move to get involved in everything, and like you can see with the. When he ran out of Ryan Christie, it was like, oh, fuck. This is going to be a, an absolute shambles. But I think you're I think you're right. I think he, he definitely, in the first half especially, did look very nervous. Like he, nullified, like he nullified that uh, Boreal, the fullback, the, the Czech right-back, uh, left-back, sorry, very well. Yep. Like, But the whole thing for me was... We just seemed far, far, far too up for it, and like when you've get when you're dealing with that and you're on 
you're at home, like it was very easy for the Czech Republic to just like it was very rope dope, just let them come at you and let them tire themselves out and we can steal a march on them in the like, in the in the sort of second balls or just in tiny wee moments of individual brilliance and that's exactly what happened. Yep, I think you make a good point about it's been a bit nervous. I think you maybe saw that with Brazil at the the 2014 World Cup with Brazil before the game when they sang the national anthems. They were so passionate because it obviously meant so much and they never really delivered in that tournament. I think the pressure of a home World Cup got to them and I think there probably is something in the pressure of playing a first tournament match in 23 years at Hamden. It probably was a wee bit too much for players who who some of them had never experienced anything like that in their career. David, do you think you were going to come in there? Yeah, I was going to say, just to kind of take it to a Thistle at some point, have you ever seen a Thistle goal that comes close to that chip on Marshall? <sighs> no. But we've scored, no, but I've seen us concede a couple. I was going to say, it's definitely going to be us conceding. I like, it's, um, like, it's like, the, like that bastard and Shanklin goal against Air United at Fur Hill comes to my one not early. Um, sorry about that. Well, but would that you bastard. ever find Scott Fox that far out of his goal? <laughs> And like, see, like, I can actually just say as well, by the way, um, I want to bring up that like that Morton goal and that game at Capilo. Oh. I haven't watched that and I don't want to watch it, but I imagine it's even worse. The fact that there was a Morton goal at Farhill and possibly the worst day I've ever experienced at Farhill, the, the infamous New Year's game where I had to drink milk in Maryhill Road and then Mark Neely got ejected. Mark was disgraced. Yeah, and um, there was one where he got chipped there, and it wasn't quite as spectacular, but I remember that being pretty, pretty rough. Do you know uh, who scored that by the You know who <laughs> scored that goal, right? Scott Tiffany. So he did. <laughs> Jesus, there you go, an omen. Uh, aye, um, but no, like I think, like I think with Tierney coming back on Friday, I think we still, we, I think we just need to be, we need to just be Burnley. We, we just need to be up here bastard of a side and nick our chances when we can and like I, I hope that we kind of do that but um, I'm going to the Croatia Czech Republic game on Friday um, so I'm buzzing for that but um, with your Czech Republic face paint on I absolutely <laughs> yes I get my Cherny my one goalkeeper top out absolutely <laughs> just just the last thing I wanted to say and I think David Marshall's come in for quite a lot of unfair criticism to be honest Um it's one of those absolute freak goals that that's the risk you take with playing your goalkeeper high up the pitch. And if you want Scotland to be able to build out, you want them to be able to play a wee bit of a higher line, your goalkeeper needs to do that. And that's the risk you take. And it's just unfortunate it's happening in such a big game. Sorry, I was just going to say one thing about Marshall just before we go on. Like, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the chip and stuff like that. And like, David Marshall. And all credit to him, he chased the ball and yeah, he ended up in the net and looked like an absolute clown. But how many times you see goalkeepers get chipped and they're just like, oh, fuck that. And he just, they watch it go over them. He actually ran back and tried to get it. I mean, he failed, but like, fair credit to him, like, trying to get back to, to grab it. I can't, you know, I can't say anything against that. But yeah, it was a freak goal. It sure was. Uh, we'll move on. So we've got four. Four ex-Thistle players. We'll go into the maybe least familiar one first. He's from Spain. He didn't make any appearances for the club, but it's Simon Kalina. Mark, you're the, the niche football man on the podcast, so we'll come to you on Kalina. What do you remember of him? I just remember him like 
there being a big deal when we signed him, like which is understandable when like you sign it when you sign a kid from like Barcelona, but like it was like Barcelona's under nineteen B team, which you're always like right there's there's no way when like I remember when he signed him, like there's no way this kid's going to be any good. I feel sorry. I feel bad saying that. And like I've I, I, I actually did see him play for like the development squad. Because he played in the development squad against, uh, along with like, Liam Lindsay, Jack Hendry, Kevin Nisbet. And uh, I actually done a wee bit of a thing when I was working with the Daily Record and tipped him as somebody who could be something. But like, uh, he, he, like you said, he never made a senior appearance. And I believe he's playing for a, a local side in, in Catalonia now after doing some very, very weird globetrotting. Because like I think he played in Poland and Cyprus, Norway, and then he's now back in Spain. But like I do remember one thing about him, and that was like he came down to the Woody one day, like in his club tracksuit, because like Barcelona were playing. I think it was like a Spanish. I, I can't even remember what, what specifically it was, but like he came down to the Woody and like was like asking like me and my mates like. Can Simon, uh, like, can I come in and watch the game with you? And I'm like, aye, if you want. He's like just standing outside in his tracksuit because he couldn't speak much English at all. So like, that's basically all I really remember. That plus the handful of reserve games I saw him to do with uh, with uh, Simon Kalina. David, that has got to be the most in-depth anecdote you'll ever get about Simon Kalina at Fistle, That you like met him in the Woody, like when he wanted to watch the Barcelona game. Like, yeah, I I remember Simon Kalina because he he came, I believe, the first season that we were up, um, uh, or certainly like early on in, when in our Premiership stint. And I remember just the buzz of I was signing a guy. He was captain of Barca's under seventeen side, and you're like, why the fuck's he here? Like, what 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 admin error happened? Where like the captain of Barca's under seventeen side is like turned up to play for us, and it was just so weird. And I was I remember just being fascinated by him, just like we've got Barca's like captain of the under seventeen side, and he's just there and he's not playing. Why? Like he must be good. And, yeah, and um, but I always remember as well he was in FIFA. Uh, that's where I first found out about him because I didn't notice him in the program for ages. But um, he was in FIFA and he had a fifty-one rating, which is very very low even for a Fissile player. Yeah, that's um, bad. That's bad. Uh, yeah, but he had a 51-rated uh, ultimate team card, I think, and it was just like, geez, oh. But yeah, like I, I don't think he ever played for us apart from the development side. But um, he, I, I, I'm always fascinated about what what he could have done. Like, could he have been any good? Like, I think he would have been a good patter player in the sort of mould of a sort of Lewis Mansell, or he probably would have won Premiership Player of the Year if he'd done the online polling at that point. Yeah, I, I can't say I remember anything about him on the pitch, but um, yeah, just very strange signing, just what could have been. I couldn't pick him out of a crowd. Um, I've got absolutely no recollection of, being, of him being at the club until you messaged me that we were going to include him in this episode, David, so... I'm going to move on. He's he's the Scotlander this this group. He's just here to make up the numbers. I think uh, we'll go. Why don't we go up through this one in appearance order? So this man, um, he's from Wales and he made four appearances for Partick Thistle in 2018. It's Dan Jeffries. So David will come to you first on Dan Jeffries. I routinely forget that Dan Jeffries exists. Like routinely, like like somebody will mention and go, 
who the fuck's Dan Jeffries? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played for like four games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then immediately the thought would just go back in my head and I can never remember anything. I seem to remember, I think it was you or Mark calling him as like a, a, a real life regen. And he just felt like a football manager region, uh, but he'd been like like made into <laughs> into flesh. Yeah, I, I did not not very memorable. Well, I mean memorable in that he was so un, that he just done nothing. But yeah, I, I don't know. I can't I can't pretend to have a I, I have more of a working knowledge of Simon Kalina than I do of Dan Jeffries, and that's not a good thing. I remember when Jeffries signed, and everyone thought he was one of these myth players because he wasn't involved in match day squads. Nobody had seen him even in like pictures of training for ages. And then I think he made his debut possibly the same day Tom Scobie made his debut and it was Gary Caldwell's first win. And he, I think he came into a back three with Tom Scobie and probably Sean McGinty or somebody like that. And uh, we kept a clean sheet and I think we beat them firm and 2-0 at home and everyone thought, oh, is, is he like a centre-half is actually going to be Turned out to be quite decent with us because on the day him and Scobie seemed to show things up back there after a long winless run. And then I think it was Dingwall away the next week and he wasn't very good and he barely featured again after that. And I think he maybe played in that game we mentioned earlier, the home game against Morton. I think that might have been his last game. Um, So yeah, four games, uh, not a very memorable spell under Gary Caldwell. Mark, do you have anything more to add on Dan Jeffries? I just remember like we signed them and I'm like, who genuinely who is this guy? I've got mates who are Dundee fans, but like, can you tell me anything about him? They're like, no. So I was like, that's encouraging. It's never good when Mark doesn't know who he is. It's like 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 if I'm meant to be some sort of maven for like if I'm meant to be the guy where you're supposed to go to for useless statistical information about absolute unknown to the greater good uh, players and I can't find anything, then you're fucked. So, yeah. I I seem to remember him being okay. I remember it was probably him and Scobie's best games for Thistle. Um, Like, it was abundantly clear, like, no wonder we were so bad, man. Tam Scobie, Sean McGinty, and Dan Jeffries at the back. What, what are we yeah, thinking? It's the fear, doesn't it? Just it's like, the, it's the thing as well. Like one of the things that like uh, people would castigate Alan Archibald for when he was manager before Gary Colwell took charge was like, oh, he's a central defender. He should be able to organise the defence. And then we moved to another central defender, a Scotland capped central defender who scored the winner against France, and he couldn't keep Wayne's are close. It's like what? Who yeah. would you rather have at the back, Devine and Gordon, or Scobie and uh, Jeffries? Scobie and Jeffries. Scobie and Jeffries. No, Scobie and Jeffries. I'd have to go for Scobie and Jeffries because they don't make me raging like uh, Devine and Gordon do. So I, I'd probably go for that. But geez, oh man, what what a, what a time we've went through. We'll move on. Um, next on the list, he made 36 appearances for Partick Thistle in the 2017-18 season. He has been capped by his country. He scored 10 goals. David, I think you like him more than possibly any other Partick Thistle fan. He's Alawa's marquee signing at his corner salmon. David, take it away. Oh, my boy, the fish. Um, I, d- I just, like, I mean, we were shite that season, right? But, like, it, it seemed to me, I, I think that, I think I remember I, I was a masochist and recorded every sports scene from that season and then binged them all at the end. And it was pretty grim viewing, right? But I remember during this bleak fucking exercise, 
there was a period where Connor Salmon was going every week, and it was, and in that moment of time, you were like, "This is great! Like he's he's quite good. He's scoring goals. That what's going on?" Um, I would say no other person has ever inspired someone to bring three giant dead fish to Palmerston. Um, and swing them about and then get told by the guy at the turnstiles you can't bring them in because they're dead fish and he just left them in the car park. You, you don't get that for Chris Elliott or like Andy Aziz or, or anybody else. So I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I quite like Connor Salmon. I think he probably shouldn't have taken the penalty against Livy because he missed it and everybody hated him for it. But um, I, I'll, I'll never say a bad word against Connor Salmon. I know everybody else does, but someone has to defend them, I suppose. I don't, I don't hate Connor Salmon either. Like when we signed him, like we, we signed him and Miles Story the same day. I always remember that. And like it's like okay, that's two big, strong, pacey guys to play up top. That's good. It's an alternative to Dylan, which we were needing to do because it's abundantly clear that you can't rely, you can't rely on Dylan forever. So I get the idea of trying to freshen it up. You want to do that? Hadn't been scoring, hadn't been winning games. And Salmon, like, he was re- he was really quick, really strong, and, like, he then hit that streak out of nowhere. And um, the idea that, like, he, he probably does owe his career in a, long, in a lot of ways to Alexei Eremenko, but I thought he played some pretty decent stuff. Well, n- not great, certainly not amazing, but, like, I thought, like, when he was on that wee run there, like, I thought he was pretty good. Like he scored two, was it, uh, he scored against Celtic twice, scored against Aki's, scored against Motherwell. Motherwell. Like it was, it was a really, really wild run. Like obviously we we'll always have the pizza meme, but I don't think it was as disastrously bad as people maybe like to think. I think people like to look back on the relegation season and fair enough for doing so. With um, a level of like just absolute disgust, what he purged it from the memory and all of that, but I didn't think Salmon was as big a disaster as he was made out. Maybe like maybe expect a wee bit more for the wages we were paying on loan from Hearts, but I'm gonna say it wasn't it wasn't a disaster. But he turned up, and for the first three months, he wasn't fit because on that goal score run you just mentioned, all of a sudden he had a burst of pace. All of a sudden he was winning headers that he wasn't winning before. So he clearly wasn't fit for the first three months of the loan. And then I think he got an injury around March time. And then sure. Um there was I don't know the specifics of this, but I'm pretty sure there was a personal issue that affected because like, you if you remember we played Motherwell away and he was not in this he was completely out of the team. It was like the, the next game after he went on that run, he was randomly out of the team, but apparently it was like a personal thing. I remember that, and I think after that, he only scored penalties. I think he only scored penalties after that. We'll um, always have that video, Matthew. We will. We will always have that video, which we might we might tweet out again um, with the episode. So we'll move on from Salmon. I think this last player is going to be a very quick chat because we have had a dedicated episode to this man on our podcast before, as well as an interview with him. He made 105 appearances for Partick Thistle, and you may have seen him play ice hockey on STV News recently as friend of the podcast, Thomas Cherney. So, Mark? Where do you start with Big Tam? Like, 
I've seen us have a lot of goalkeepers in 15 years of going to Thistle games. Some have been really bad. Uh, but I don't like, and even Fox in his first spell was good, but they it, it wasn't it couldn't hold a candle to Thomas Cherney. Like, I thought he was just the, an ultimate classy goalkeeper, tremendously talented, piss boiler extraordinaire. Um, we absolutely pulled Hibs scants down when we signed him as to what, what Hibs were thinking, letting him go. Like, and I've, I've spoke to a few Hibs fans who can't believe they did it either. Absolutely. I think that was the time Hibs were really struggling for goalies as well, which I think made it all the stranger for them. But uh, we have talked about Cherney to death and we'll link the, the Cherney episode as well to this because I think he's going to be everybody's group winner. But David, do you have anything more to add on, on Tam? Um, like, he's a great guy and it's... He's, yeah, um, obviously, like the best goalkeeper I've ever seen at Thistle. I don't think I'll ever see a better one than him. He's a great guy, and it was absolutely lovely seeing him pop up on every news agency in in the country because they were like, "Oh, we need somebody who's played in Scotland who's Czech Republic, who's for the Czech Republic." Rudy Scatcher's no answer on his phone, so let's just get Thomas Cherney in. Uh, so it was quite nice waking up on Friday. Uh, I think it was Friday, and just every every time we turned it on, Thomas Cherney was there talking. And he's just um, we we his wee accent where he's he's Czech, but he also has a Scottish accent at the same time as well. It's very good. The save against Motherwell, the penalty against Celtic, you know the the goal they get disallowed against Motherwell, the law. He's he's just fantastic, and he's clearly winning the group. Absolutely, and just quickly, I take it Connor Salmon's going to be our runner-up. Aye, I would say I mean, I mean, it's quite bad, Mark, that you've literally drank of one of these people in the Woody, and you're still, <laughs> no, they're still not. I think, I think that probably oh, sums drink. it up because like, no he reputable. He was like, he just came down to the, he just, he just came down to the Woody and like stood outside, like it was an El Clasico one or something. No uh, reputable festival like player is going to socialise with Mark Wallace in the Woody. Absolutely not. You'll get your contract terminated <laughs> like in, in a flash. No, we'll leave it there then. So as you have been with Groups A and Group B, you can vote for your winner uh, on Twitter, which will be linked below the episode when it gets released. Now we're back with Matt Wallace to review um, the two women's games. The Thistle were in action at home against Kelly on Sunday and then moved on to a huge clash against Hamilton Ackies on Wednesday. Uh, so, Mark, if you want to take it away, we'll start with the Kelly game. Yeah, um, we started really well again, uh, similar to the what we talked about the St. Johnston game. It was key to get off to a good start um, and we had a very well-worked goal. Uh, for the opener, uh, getting off to a really good start. We could have doubled. Um, I think we, we could have went 2-0 up very quickly after that. We started off really well. Um, there was a bit of slack possession uh, where Kelly got forward but didn't really test 
uh, Anna Vicente and the Thistle goal. And um, there was nearly an instance of uh, some more absolutely atrocious defending from the opposition that nearly led us to scoring again. Kelly had a free kick. And uh, I think it was a free kick. It might even been a corner. I'll need to watch it back. But, like, they could have scored from it. But we broke out well from that and nearly scored on the counter-attack. So, like, it's clear we're doing some very very rudimentary things really well. Um, the red card, I don't know about you. I saw Thistle's tweet about this uh, during the game. I thought it was... I thought it was a very silly red card to pick up. You raise your studs on any part of a footballer, never mind on the lassie's arse. You're probably going to get sent off. The second goal, a really lovely counter-attack. It really was. Uh, there was also the shout for the third, whether it went over the line, on a third, whether it went over the line. And I have no idea what the Kelly lassie was doing for their red card. It's like, what the hell are you doing at 2-0 down? Why are you doing that? Beggar's belief, really. Yeah, it's... I mean, on the Thistle red cards, I mean, there's a sort of similar incident in the Aki's game as well. Somebody puts his studs up and absolutely clatters into somebody. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, so, no, they were lucky not to get red card the second time there, but, yeah, I felt that Kelly defensively, I mean, Watching the highlights, it's pretty much all Thistle chances. There's one or two near the end with Kelly. But yeah. we are very much just running riot on their defence all over. And um, yeah, you, you could see that we were well drilled, if you know what I mean. Like, we are, yeah. we're, we're playing sort of our type of football and we're able to impose that in games. And Kelly just didn't have any answers for it. And it was, yeah, it yeah. was very routine. Yeah, very routine win, especially when you're playing against the side who, well, you're wanting to build momentum and get wins under your belt, especially when you're preparing for such a big game as the Hamilton game was. Very good to have a win that was so straightforward. There were some hairy moments, said that, like, just not controlling the ball at all well at times, especially in our own area. Um, and in the middle of the park, which, is, which, which was in stark contrast to uh, the previous two games that we covered, where we were moving the ball around really smartly. We, were having, we had a decent control of the game, and things were a lot more sort of in place. Uh, but like the Kelly game, we kind of departed from that a wee bit, but not drastically. But it's, it's wee things like that, that like if you're going to be in the hunt for promotion and we're going to come on to that when we talk about the the Hamilton game Uh, you need to get all you need to have all your ducks in a row and against Hamilton um, yeah the Hamilton game was a really chaotic game for me it was the score was a tumble to me it was literally it could have been 7-2 to Aki's it could have been 3-2 to us it could have been anything like honestly this game could have been like six six. It really could have. Was... Like it genuinely could have been like uh, the, what a fucking strike, by the way, for the, the for the first for for our first goal. Like yeah. you just pro just proper just hit it, like just get it on target and hit it, and it just flies into the back of the net. Um, Stay tight. 
Aye, it stayed, it stayed hit. It was proper traction engine stuff. But then I feel like we showed our naivety. We were very slow uh, in reacting to Aki's coming back. Aki's regrouped really well and overran us from that point. Of course, well, of course, mm-hmm. they, would, they would go on to go 4-1 up. But like we were straight away a bit, a bit static, as if we were running in treacle. Uh, Aki's hit the bar right away. The penalty—it was very stupid from Amy Bullock. You can't do that. You can't stick your arm out like that, especially yeah. in the box. Yeah. Um, you, you can see that, um, like she, like yeah, she she raises her arms up to kind of maybe cover her face or whatever. Go out and yeah. her arm up, and you're like, you can't, you can't do that. And it's when you consider the almost forensic. Uh, way we look at how penalties are given for handball now, you just can't do that, and mm-hmm. there's probably going to be a lot of those in the women's game until it is coached out of them. Uh, I thought we were like from there, it like, went from bad to worse. Obviously, we uh, did we have a told- chance. I think at one each, where if we'd scored that, I think the game would have been whole completely different. But yeah, like yeah, after there was that, a moment where like we were going, for, we're pushing forward. It was a high ball forward. And like we were like, it was like genuinely like we were lost under the ball. Like we were like, Aki's were able to regroup, were able to get girls back and crowd us out as we pushed forward. And like it was like the ball was staying in the air and like the Thistle players were like just stuck, just caught ball watching completely. And like by the time they got the ball down and were trying to play through, Aki's had five or six girls back really well protecting their final third. And like the opportunity went away. The second Aki's goal was the defending. I talked about at times how our defending has been okay, but maybe a better side would punish us when we played St Johnston. There was an instance where Alassie had an unmarked free header and straight through the middle of the park, Aki's cut us to bits for that second goal. And then there was a chance for the free kick out wide that we had in the second half that needs to be get that that needs to go in because like you, you, the game gets away from you at three one you get back into it at three two and it could be a different game because as we're going to talk about the Hamilton goalkeeper and goalkeepers both goalkeepers are going to be a major talking point for this game a very very silly foul to give away for the penalty for the second act for the second yeah. time to. Very, very silly mistakes to make to concede two penalties for incidents like that. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be too harsh or anything like that. But the penalty, like, what was the keeper doing? It was like when you're not used to going in goals at five sides, and like you, it's like, it's like she jumped out of the way. Of the ball. Yeah, this is this is how I would react. I think it would have been taken at me. Absolutely, it's very strange. Like she's a, a Maltese international, but I think it was just yeah, a case like, of she just didn't commit to the penalty. And you're like, right, fair enough. Like, if you dive the wrong way, it was genuinely like she was expecting it to go down the middle, mm-hmm. but like was like thinking about diving. Yeah, no, I thought that. I thought she thought about diving, and it was like mm, it was, maybe not. Like it, was, think, it wasn't very great goalkeeping but like I, th- I think what she was trying to do 
was she was like trying to make herself big in the middle with the idea of maybe trying to claw it and it just did not work. Uh, you could see that she uh, knew she'd fucked up because like after she was like punting the ball away in anger and stuff like that. And yeah. she, she she really started panicking and then <laughs> Yeah. The fourth goal. I mean <laughs> like yes. I, I like I, I don't want, I don't want this to be a pile on Anna Vincente at all. Like I I, I mentioned it was like that Sterling Albion game I talked about when we talked about Bryn Halliwell, it was like literally everything the keeper did was wrong. Like everything like it's like you're gonna get games like that, in fairness. And it just so happens that hers has come in this fairly important game and I hope it doesn't get her confidence down at all. But like oh it's like I saw her running out, I was like, oh no. And then she get cut then the lassie took it round her, I was like, oh no. <laughs> like if you do if if this had happened against Kelly, like this sort of this sort of, her sort of game had happened against Kelly, you'd you'd have probably got away with it, but it's just it's just really You can't you it, can't make mistakes like that against decent sides in this division. Yeah. It's yeah. abundantly clear there is a there there is a a group like you've got Dundee United, you've got Aberdeen, you've got Aki's, you have ourselves, you've got like four or five decent sides in there. Mm. But like you can't, and when you've got a team who are pushing for promotion, like like both us and Aki's, we went second when we beat Kilmarnock. Like when you're in the hunt for promotion, you can't make mistakes like that in a big game. It was yeah. so. It was like, can we talk about the Aki's goalkeeper for our second goal, please? Oh Jesus! Yeah, like, that's why keepers like 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 was she blinded by the sun? Because she was like looking at the ball as it was dropping, and like it was like, like the Cami Bell goal against Rangers against Rangers for Motherwell in the playoff final, where it's like it's like coming down and coming down and coming down, and like at any point, like. I think if she sticks a hand, <laughs> she puts it over the bar. I was like, yeah, hey, we had a chance right towards the end. Could have been. It was like it was like a, a it was like a stramash, but like the referee gave a foul and a free kick to Aki's. Could have been four three, and it could have been a Hollywood finish. Right at the end, you have the red card for the lassie for Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't know if this is just. Because, like, Duncansfield Park in Kilsyth, very weird choice for a home game for Hamilton Ackies, by the way. It's a very big ground, and, like, I didn't really get... Because the camera was at the other side, I couldn't really tell what had actually happened. So, like, they'd be as well... It was like, mind the they talk about that, the stadium in Baku... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like that. It's like it was so far away, and it was on the other side. And it's like I suppose that's part and parcel of the media at this level for women's football and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really see it. But like it seemed like a similar incident to the the one that we were reduced to ten players against uh, Kelly. It's like you you can't go in leading with your studs. In any level, men or women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, like, 
listen to Brian Graham's match reaction after the game. He was very disappointed, and I think rightly so. Uh, we took the lead and we wilted. And he said he said we were overrun. We were very disappointed. He felt we had a penalty and he got booked after the game for asking the referee a question. And yeah, like I have to I have to agree with uh, Brian Graham's uh, assessment. I felt started really well, scored a very good goal, and it's always that thing you score a very good goal in a game, and it gives you maybe a wee bit too much confidence, and we kind of mm-hmm. took we totally we took our eye off it a wee bit, and then Aki's came back, they hit the bar, and then the the two goals in two minutes, of the the first t- like ten fifteen minutes of the second half just completely took us out of the game, especially considering the the way we conceded the goals as well, like a really two really bad bits of decision making, the first with the penalty and then the keeper coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to completely agree with the gaffer on that one. Yeah, it's it's a tough result to take, but I mean it's not completely ruinous because Aki's dropped points at this uh, on Sunday, I believe they drew one each. And yeah, Sunday night yeah, so when going into it, you're like, oh, well, Aki's a drop points, a real, a real attempt, you know, a real chance to make a, to put, put a flag down. But, uh, as well as a Dundee United, I think drop points last Wednesday, the sort of midweek or whatever. So we're, it's we're still, still very, to- it's still very tight, but you can't, to, to compare it to the, I made a point, see, right at the very start of like, when the men's season restarted. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a mate that's a Falkirk fan and talking about how I felt they would probably get away with it, even if they played poorly, because we drew with Cove and they beat Montrose. And you're like, what you're asking is like, if you drop points right off the bat against teams round about you, you're going to be struggling, even if you beat the teams at the bottom. You're really going to be struggling to make up mm-hmm. those yards, especially when like they you're going to have even if there's favourable points going to come your way, you're you're losing ha- half. You're using you're losing that yard, yard and a half on the mm-hmm. sprint to the end. You you might come close. Obviously, it didn't work out that way for us. But like, it's just momentum. You lose it. You lose enough momentum in a short space of time, and the whole thing's knackered. And like. I don't think it would be a disaster if we didn't get promoted this season. It'd be nice, of course, but I think we mm-hmm. might be a wee bit ahead of schedule on that. So it'd be nice to see where we lie. If we can finish third or fourth and we can make a, a conscientious effort to see where we've went wrong and build on that from there. I think, for me, that's where we need to go. I think we're, we're still fairly new to this. A lot, of, To be fair, a lot of men's football clubs are to be fair I think take it one step at a time if we can get in there in the expanded Premier League it'd be nice but it wouldn't be I don't think a disaster if we missed out No and it is still within our hands I mean Hamilton Aki's uh, still have to play Dundee and he does do we Aberdeen have to play all three of us there's certainly scope for, like, there will be points dropped between now and the end of the season and you know it's still within our hands if we win all our games from now on we would go up so yeah it's it, it's still there but um, I think for now um, I think we'll wrap it up and we'll uh, speak to you next week
As always, thanks for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw. Stay safe, wear a mask, get your vaccine and buy a season ticket.